Welcome to the Rich Talk Podcast. We've gathered some of the best presentations from our events into this audio-only format so that you can stay up to date about the latest Richardson trends and influencers while on the go. As always, we'd still love to see you in real time at events, so make sure to watch our calendar announcements for one that inspires you. Every day, women do the work of many. Mm -hmm. So much so that we are stressed beyond belief. Stressed to the point that it may compromise our health, our finances, our relationships, even our job. So today I'd like to explore this idea of what do you suppose would happen if women spent more time taking care of themselves. Everybody's just kind of like, hmm, I don't know about that. Let's see how that's going to work out. So what if we honored our needs? What if we were, like, even on the list? You know, we've got all these people that are, you know, our kids, our spouse, our boss, our pets, our neighbors, our parents, and the list goes on. And maybe way, way, way down here, maybe we're on the list. Well, I think we need to do something about that. Because if we don't decide to put ourselves on the list, then we run the risk of all of that stress that I talked about before. We run the risk that we're going to have a life that, you know, it's a good life, but it's not the life, the fullness, the fulfillment that we're really looking for. It also can lead to loneliness and sadness. And I think the worst for me is that we come to the end of our life and we have a lot of regrets. As Elizabeth mentioned, I've given a couple of TED Talks at SMU, great privilege and honor, and both of them were on some aspect of aging. And in doing my research, I read a book called Five Regrets of the Dying. A woman by the name of Bonnie Ware wrote the book. She was a caregiver in Australia, and she worked mainly in hospice care. And so over her many years of working with dying patients, she heard over and over again five regrets of the dying. The first one was, I wish I'd let people see who I really am. I wish I'd lived my life instead of living the life that everybody else, because you know, everybody has an opinion, right? You know what you should do. You ever heard that expression, you know what you should do? Well, we need to take care of ourselves, but we're gonna get onto that in just a minute. I wish I hadn't worked so hard was another one of those regrets. I wish I'd had the courage to really express myself. I wish I had stayed in touch with friends. We have so much coming at us. We're so busy. My family and friends complain, you're the busiest woman on the planet. And I said, well, you know, I I guess I am. It's hard to get time on our calendars even for things that we think are important. And then lastly, and this one was one that she thought was very surprising, I wish I'd let myself be happier. It's like, really? You mean we have a choice about that? We have a choice about being happier? 
instead of just going through the motions and living in the rut and the routine and we get up and we feed the dog and then we make breakfast and then we go to work and then we come home and then we do it all over again. And it's not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. It's that when we do them repetitively and we're not having spark in our lives, I think that's when we need to look beyond it. So this book had a big impact on me. And I guess it was four years ago when I was studying to give these talks, one in May and one in October. And as I began to reflect, I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to start saying what I think. Because I was raised, or at least the message I got, I don't know if my mother would say that she taught me this, that be polite. I had this image of little white gloves, you know? the little girl with the little white gloves, and how does she behave? How does she behave? Perfect. You spoke when you're spoken to. That was the rule in my grandparents' house. You don't speak until you're you know, asked to speak. And so if we hold ourselves in like that and we stay that little girl with those white gloves, it's hard for us to live like this, isn't it? Because we're so worried. And I had built my whole life around doing what I thought other people expected me to do. Fortunately, I had some good people in my life, so they weren't expecting me to do really stupid and crazy things. But it wasn't always what I wanted to do. So this kind of began this journey four years ago. Then two years ago, I was faced with a crisis that I'm proud to say I'm standing here. So I made it through a really, really tough time. I... um, I was broken. I had uh, trauma in my family, and I'm the one who always steps up, right? I'm the one who keeps it together. I might be crying, but at the same time, I'm planning and making sure that everything needs to be taken care of. But I lost that. I didn't have that for a while. I was so broken, I didn't even know who I was. And most people would describe me as a person with a strong personality. I have strong opinions. Um, Graciously, I will, normally I will do it graciously and with civility, share those opinions with you. But that period of time, I didn't know what my opinions were. I realized that over my lifetime with this little girl with the little white glove, carefully constructed wall after wall after wall because I'm a very sensitive person and I would hear people say things and I would take that on and I would get upset and so I I thought well if I just build these walls I'll be safe and people can't hurt me I won't get hurt well through this event those walls just came they they were just shattered and I was totally stark naked and I didn't know what to do the vulnerability that I felt at that moment uh, was excruciating it's going to get happier here in just a second (laughs) because I'm here because I'm here and that's the story I'm here so I decided that even though I didn't really know what was going on or how I was going to get myself out of this, I decided 
I would look at this as an adventure. Sure, I didn't know what I thought about a lot of things. It was the weirdest thing. It was literally like a story would come on the news and I would listen to the story and think, hmm, I don't know what my opinion is about that. And remember, I was the girl with an opinion about everything. So I learned I would just sit and I would ponder. Well, so what does that mean to me now? So I looked at it and chose to look at it as an adventure. So there's a book called Something More, Excavating Your Authentic Self. Some lucky person is going to go home with a copy of this today. But this book talks about, um, uses the analogy of an archaeological dig as the metaphor for taking a journey within, for discovering who we are, what's really inside of us, what really makes us tick. Because it's only when we learn those things that we can find peace. I think a lot of times we're not at peace because we're so conflicted. We have all of this information coming at us. We have demands pulling us one way and then the other. And in the meantime, we're just trying to be a good, nice person. And we're not always able to juggle all of those different stories. So as the time went on and the journey continued... I just kept reminding myself, I'm on a journey, an adventure, and I'm going to make this fun. And though it may not sound fun to other people, it really was kind of fun. I would find myself sometimes sitting for hours, not all at one time, but in the course of the two years since all of this started, I had sat probably the equivalent of weeks just thinking and pondering, reading inspirational material, looking at programs on TV and pondering, you know, what is it that I stand for? What is it that I believe? Because that was the adventure. That was what it was all about. So in something more, Sarah, and I always have to look at her name, Van Brethnock, and Sarah, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, In this archaeological dig, have any of y'all ever watched on TV and seen at an archaeological dig? How did they behave? Pardon me? Very cautious. And they had those little bitty um, paintbrushes, and they're just barely sweeping away, right? So they're trying to get to what's inside. They're taking their own journey within in this dig, and they're doing it very gently. So I don't know about you, but that hadn't exactly been the tone of the conversation I have carried with myself over these many years. It's been kind of more like a jackhammer. Okay, right? So we observe something about ourselves, and does anybody have a critical judge in their head? Oh, come on, ladies. Only two people raise their hand? Okay, well, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'd be willing to bet that every person in here has a critical judge running inside their head a lot. So that critical judge gets that jackhammer out and says, ha, 
well, you need to lose some weight. I bet you're, I bet you're eating because you're unhappy or you're lonesome or you're a bad friend. Or, and the list goes on and on and on. But she encourages us to go gently. Our feelings matter. They're sweet and they're tender and they're trapped inside of us often. And we need to take that journey gently as we go within. So I'd like to share today three ideas. I know y'all think I'm going to talk about balance. And, um, well, here's the truth. I think life balance is an oxymoron. Do any of y'all have a life, or do you even know anyone who has a life that is balanced? Have you seen it on TV? Well, that doesn't count. Because they can make anything they want. Life isn't balanced. I'm reminded of an example I was given by some teacher, some class I went to years ago, and she was talking about walking. You know, walking. Well, she said, really, if you slow down, walking is one out of balance on the left, one out of balance on the right. It's only forward momentum that gives us motion, that makes us walk. So we live out of balance. So I think the question is, instead of how do we find balance, how do we find peace? And that's what I'm here to talk about today. Now, can peace help you feel more balanced? Yes. Will you learn some tools today that are going to help you through those crazy moments when you think you're going to just like jump off a building? Yes. But life balance, I think, setting that as a goal sets us up for disappointment. So are you with me on that? I know I was talking to somebody last uh, back there. I'm sorry, I don't remember. She said, I'm here. I want to learn about balance. And I said, oh, (laughs) well, that's not exactly what we're going to talk about, but we're kind of going to get there. So can you can you follow me, though, that peace is a piece of that? Peace is a piece of that. How clever. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So I think there's three ideas that I've learned. You know, this two-year journey has been quite an education. And there have been moments that have been blissful, and there have been moments that I've cried a lot. But anybody who knows me knows I cry a lot anyway, so nothing has changed in that regard. So here's the three ideas I'd like to share with you today. The first one is let's create... Oasis moments. We're going to come back and talk about what oasis moments are. Then let's take a journey within. Let's follow Sarah's advice. Let's have an archaeological dig and let's use the tiniest, sweetest, most gentle paintbrushes. And then we're going to make some choices. Sound like a plan? Okay. Well, I'd like to start by teaching you something called the connection practice. And the connection practice is a tool to help us become coherent. Well, I expected somebody to at least laugh at that. So what is coherence? Well, sci- and, and coherence is a scientific method for getting all of our systems our cardiovascular, our hormonal, our, all of our systems operating in sync. That's what coherence is. 
And what I learned as I learned about the connection practice was that our heart is actually the strongest of our organs. I always thought the brain controlled everything. Well, I've learned that the heart actually is the strongest of our organs, and it does what's called oscillation. I'm not going to go into all the science because I don't remember all the science, and y'all don't care. But here are, there's three steps in getting coherence. The first thing is that we focus our attention on our heart. After, and I'm going to go through this again because I'm going to ask y'all to play along with me. Then we're going to pretend that we are breathing through our heart. And then we are going to appreciate our heart. Now the purpose in these three steps is to get us into coherence. So coherence is when we're all in sync. But what happens? What, so what's the big deal? Well, when we're coherent, we are better able to handle difficulties coming our way. You know, the employee that comes in, I was hearing a conversation about, you know, these people who are salaried, but if they work a minute overtime, they still want to be paid overtime. So, you know, they come blowing in your office, i got to get out of here, you know, I mean, I'm going to be late. Your work's not done, you can't leave. So, you know, we get these stressful situations coming at us. When we're not coherent and all of our systems are operating separate from one another, we're going to react. Some people may be able to react very graciously, but in that moment, sometimes it's hard because we're scattered and we're in a reactionary mode. By being coherent, we can make decisions that are for the highest and best of everybody that's involved. So are y'all willing to play along? Okay, so the first thing you're going to do, if you're comfortable, close your eyes. If you're not comfortable, don't worry. I always put my hand on my heart because that helps me remember that I'm focusing on my heart. So why are we doing that, by the way? Why are we focusing on our heart? Because since it is the strongest organ and it's going to cause all our other operating systems to get in a coherence, in alignment, in sync with that, we're going to end up feeling more coherent, more at peace. So hand on your heart if you choose, eyes closed if you choose, and just think about your heart. Just turn your attention and think about your heart. All the work it does, all the ways that your heart serves you, moving the blood around your body, keeping you strong, feeling love, Yeah. And then let's pretend that we're breathing in and out through your heart. Just keeping that focus on your heart. Still breathing in and out. And then lastly, still thinking about your heart, appreciate something about your heart about the way it cares for you, about how it keeps you alive. Any other thoughts of appreciation? And in this remaining moment of silence, just noticing any thoughts that come up. This is called the connection practice. You can open your eyes when you're ready. And 
what did that take? 60 seconds, one to two minutes. I've done it at red lights. For some reason, traffic is my trigger. I can be all so blissed and so nice and everything. And then somebody cuts in front of me and it's like, (laughs) so I've done coherence. I've done this connection practice at red lights. I've certainly done it before conversations, before if I'm nervous for a meeting, nervous for a presentation, I'll take a moment and just get coherent. I don't understand science, so I can't explain to you how it works exactly. I just know that it does work. Um, I served on the board of the organization that designed this for a number of years. I've seen, um, it's, it's amazing what just this small little tool can do to help you to stay coherent, to be more at peace. It's one of the tools I'll ask you to put in your toolbox for ways that you find peace. So now that we're all blissed out, let's talk about... Um, Oasis moments. What do you think they are? Pardon me? Top of the mountain experience. Ooh, I like that. Any others? Vacation something in your head. Oh, yeah. Yes. So oasis moments are when we pause to appreciate our surroundings. So right this second, well, uh, my idea of art on the wall is not going to be a good idea. I don't see any art on the wall. Look around the room. Find a person, a necklace, some blue eyes. Look around and see something that you might appreciate. You could like appreciate the efficiency of this room layout. I'm kind of weird like that. It's like, man, this is a great room for this. So just appreciate something for just a moment. So I have come to believe that finding and creating oasis moments is one of the quickest, it's even quicker than the connection practice. Because right now, every one of you could stop and think of a moment when you were walking to the car this moment and you heard that mockingbird sing. When you were on vacation two weeks ago and you were at the ocean and the gulls were singing and the, the sound of the ocean... All of those things, those are all oasis moments. And it's all about appreciation. Appreciating the moment. And it's a moment that the oasis, of course, infers. It kind of takes us away. It takes us away from, you know, maybe we're having to do a project right now that's kind of routine and kind of boring. You know, those are the kind of things we have to do sometimes. But you want something to help pick your spirits up. Just pause for an oasis moment. So right now, we have a little activity that I'm going to ask you to indulge in. So take your coloring books, and as you'll notice, well, these are all colored. These I worked on. These are to prove to you that you do not have to be an artist. Because in the inside, I'm going to ask you to draw a picture of an oasis moment. 
and even myself, and I created the silly thing as soon as because I thought, well, I'm going to do a few of these because I want to see what it's like and it's going to be fun. And so then it was like an oasis moment I've had. There's a blank square in there for you to draw or color an oasis moment. And already I was breaking out in hives. <laughs> it's like, I can't draw. I do collage, but that's somebody else's and I just stick it on there. So in that little middle square, I want you to draw your representation of an oasis moment. Now, I know in the back y'all probably can't see, but this is a couple of weeks ago on my, I think it's an electric box in the back of my house. I walked out one day and there was a dove making a nest. I was thrilled. Every day I would go out and look at this. Now, that's a square with a few lines on top of it. So if I can draw what to me, because it only has to look like your oasis moment to you. It's not like I'm going to go around and check yours and make you prove to me that that really is a picture of your oasis moment. So pause for just a moment and think of an oasis moment and then draw or color something in that oasis moment square. So as you continue coloring and drawing, let's continue talking about Oasis moments and the impact that they can have on you in your day-to-day life. So as we've talked a little bit about, some of you are interested in balance. and um, But I think it's time that we take that off our list of goals. And I think it's time that we instead decide that we're going to look within, that we're going to find a richer, deeper, more meaningful life. And it's waiting right inside of us. It's just waiting for us for the invitation to say, come on out. And I think that the more time we spend, whether it's coloring, and one of the reasons that I did these coloring books, besides, is this fun? Is it fun to be coloring? So that was one reason that I did them is because coloring is fun. But the other reason is this in itself, this activity in itself is an oasis moment, right? Because doesn't it take you away from that to-do list that's waiting for you when you get back to the office? Because for just this moment, you're right here and enjoying this experience. Whoa, somebody's having big fun over there. And I think that as, and as we spend this extra time with Oasis moments, it crowds out negativity. It crowds out worry. It crowds out that critical judge that's wanting to tell us something that we've done wrong. So that's another reason why Oasis moments are so important. So now that we're making... Thank you. Thank you. So y'all are just having so much fun. I think I've lost total control here. So I guess y'all just want to color the rest of the day, huh? Well, I'm not through just yet. So, okay. So the second step, we talked about the first. So we're finding peace. We're going to find peace through Oasis Moments. And if you remember, the second step in finding peace is we're going to journey within. So I've told you a little bit about journeying within and about something more and how to think of it as an archaeological dig to this very sweet, tender part of ourselves that we haven't been looking at. 
So, but before we take that journey, we need we there's some business we need to take care of. You know that critical judge that I've mentioned that y'all seem to think you don't have. We've got to like take care of that critical judge because we don't want that critical judge going on our journey with us. Because the critical judge would be telling us, this is the stupidest thing you have ever done. What do you mean you're going to journey within? What do you think you're going to find in there? A bunch of guts. That's all you're going to find in there. So we have to leave the critical judge behind. So I know that not many of y'all are real hip on the idea that you have a critical judge, but I kind of have a different belief about that. I think we all have a critical judge. What can we do to quieten that judge? Anybody have any ideas? (laughs) That you'll say to the whole group so we can all hear you? Well, we can say, shut up. But do we think that's really going to do anything? What's going to happen? We tell the judge, what do you do? What what happens with two kids when they're fighting? And one of them says, shut up. What does the other one say? You shut up. <laughs> and then the other one says, no, you shut up. And then, 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 then. Well, that's the same thing with our critical judge. So what if we approached it a little more graciously and said, look, I'm tired. I'm tired of you ragging at me all of the time. Never fat enough. I mean, (laughs) never fat enough. Well, that's a new one. I haven't, uh, haven't thought of that one before. You know, we're never good enough, smart enough, pretty enough. You know, there's some something that we're not enough of. And I really think what all this is about, it's just like what Sarah talks about. It's all about us finding our something more. And the more we find our something more, the less our critical judge will matter. It's not that it's going to go away immediately because this is a process. But let's think in terms of what does that critical judge sound like to you? Is it nosy? This is when, okay, I don't think I gave proper instructions. Sometimes I talk, and sometimes y'all talk. (laughs) And this would be one of the times when y'all talk. So what does your critical judge sound like? Nosy, obnoxious, relentless, what? Nagging, selfish. What were you thinking? I mean, really, what were you thinking? What else? What does your critical judge say to you? When you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror, does your critical judge say, I love you. You are so beautiful. You are so wonderful. I love you. If anybody hears that, I'm moving in with you. (laughs) My judge doesn't say that. It's like, really? Were those puffy eyes there yesterday? So we've got to quiet the the critical judge. I call mine CJ for short. (laughs) You know, because she is kind of like, what do you call it? A friend enemy? A frenemy? She's kind of a frenemy. You know, kind of one of those constant companions, but not always 
you know, everybody needs at least one friend who will tell you the truth, right? Even when you don't want to hear it. Well, you know, CJ can kind of be like that. So release your critical judge as you begin this journey. Have a conversation. Just say, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to put you in the closet. No, let me invite you into the library. Here's a whole bunch of books. Why don't you just have a seat and read a few books because I'm going on a journey. I'm on a journey within and I'm not taking you with me. I do a lot of work with women who are trying to make some big changes, who are looking for something more. I became accredited a few years ago in something called the transformation game. And while it is a board game, it's really a uh, tool for self-discovery. Self-discovery, people say to me. And then they kind of start, yeah, no thank you. This whole idea that if we go inside, if we sit still, if we're quiet for more than a minute, we're afraid. People say to me, because the game is about going within. And people say to me, women will say, because it's 95% women who play, why exactly would I want to do that? Because it seems scary. And why do you think it seems scary? What are we afraid of? Do you know? I have a theory. I think we're so afraid to be quiet because our critical judge is going to beat the shit out of us. (laughs) I'm not much of a cursor, but it seemed appropriate. journey within. One of the ways that we quiet that journey is through Oasis moments. And so as we take that journey, we're taking with us those memories of all of those beautiful moments. And they don't have to be big and it doesn't have to take those seconds. But as we go within and to begin to ask ourselves what's important. I mean, what's really important not what the society thinks is important, not what our neighbors and our sister and you know, all the people who are important to us, but we can't let other people control our lives. That's where the conflict happens. Well-meaning, people who love you. But their path isn't your path. And so we go back to being a little girl with black folks. And we get obedient. I never did like it. But I played that game for a long, 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 long time. And I decided two years ago, what the heck, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to stand up who I am. I'm going to find out. First, I'm going to find out who I am because I didn't really know. And you know, that probably sounds weird. And even when I say it, it sounds weird. Because I'm not. I'm not different than I was. I mean, I'm still am but there's something that is different. I am more loving. I am more patient, mainly with myself. I don't judge myself as harshly as I used to. I've approached it, this adventure, with curiosity. Like, 
my goodness, <laughs> what am I going to discover next? Instead of dreading, oh my gosh, what am I going to hear if I sit quiet? I think part of silencing the, the critical judge is also about reconciling the parts of ourselves that are at odds. You know, we don't need other people to argue with us. We can carry on a quite sophisticated and lengthy argument with ourselves. I was arguing with myself last night over this very subject. I was telling some of the ladies, this is a subject that to me is about this big, like that big, and I had this much time. And so last night, I've been working on this for a few months, and last night it was like, I have to say this, we don't need no time for that. And so I had this great battle going on within myself about what could I say that would most serve y'all, that would make a difference, that would help you find peace, because that's what we're all here to talk about. So let's go back to our coloring books for a second. How y'all doing on your coloring books? There, if there's blank pages in your coloring book, there's one that says my favorite vacation. So you can grab, you know, we're gonna try to really like this whole journey within the You know, I kind of spent a lot of time the last two years with it, as I mentioned, probably the equivalent of a few weeks of time. Now, you may not be quite so excited. The thought of spending a few hours uh, in contemplation may not be your so I do have a few suggestions of other tools. One that is this book, if you're not the lucky winner today, this has been out for about, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. It's one of my go-to books. I usually read it every two or three years. Uh, it's kind of got a workbook feel to it, so there's exercises in it. Because again, and our next question is gonna be, what is your something different? So this is a great resource. Um, I'm a huge believer in strength finders. How many of you have done your strengths? Quite a few, good. So my strengths are empathy, doesn't cry. Empathy, connectedness, uh, strategic maximizer relator. More information, more we can learn about ourselves through these various tools, through this book, through strength finders, playing the transformation game, um, on the back of your little coloring book is a date for a couple of programs that I do. One is a little mini retreat uh, on finding peace. Find ways to get in touch with yourself and really experience who and what you're all about. So, my timer went off. So, how much time do I have? Five minutes. Oh, okay. Well, I always think I have more time than that. Okay, one moment, please. Oasis Moments, how are we going to find peace? We're going to use Oasis Moments. We're going to journey within. And why are we going to journey within? Because when we know who we are, we can let go of conflict within us and externally. Because you know, if I'm solid in my beliefs, you can say whatever you want to about yours, and I'm not right. So I believe that's right. Why do you say that? It's when we're uncertain that we get hooked and we get defensive. So the third step is we get to choose. We get to choose what? I'm going to choose who I spend time with. I'm going to choose who I trust. I'm going to choose what activities I do. I'm going to choose 
I can choose everything. And when I say that, a lot of people will say to me, well, I can choose where I work. Well, they do. Well, I get to choose who I'm married to. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, I have a dear friend who we see each other about once a month. Well, two months in a row, she cancels. And she said, I just didn't have a choice. Really? Yes, she did. We don't like the choice. It's not that we don't have a choice, it's that we don't like the choice. We want to choose between two good things. We don't choose, we don't choose between a bad thing and a good thing, but we do get to choose, and that's where our power is. So, one of the things I'd like for y'all to choose is to quit scaring yourself. I think we scare ourselves. I think we take in information that scares us. I think we live in a society that wants us to believe that things are scary, things are bad, there's evil, there's, you know, whether it's politics or crime or you pick any subject. And when we ingest that, it makes us sick. Physically, emotionally, but we don't have to keep being scared. I think we have a choice. Some of the ways that I've done, one of the ways I've done that is I don't hang out with toxic people anymore. I can love you, but I may love you for a distance because I'm not going to subject myself to that. I also stop scaring myself by limiting the information that I take in. The source, how often, because I don't want to scare myself. I want to live a life filled with something more. So let's talk about something more. We're not going to talk about it, actually. I want, I want y'all to take this away as you're to do. Think about what would represent something more to you. Something more might be as simple as, I want to be able to every morning go out on my back porch by myself and a cup of tea and just drink the day. It could be something that is much more involved. You know, I really want to go back to school. I really want a deeper spiritual practice. What is something more that you want in your life? And you may not be able to answer that question until you take your journey with it. Because we're so busy that we don't have time to think. So that journey within gives us the time to think about what's going on. So that every moment, you can be confident that you're living your something more. Because you've done the work. You've gone inside. You've looked to see what's there. And I hope you're going to celebrate what you find in there. Because you've left your critical judge. Remember, we put that in the library. So we don't have to worry about that. We know that when we go within, we're going to find our truest, highest, and best self. So I want to thank you today, and I want to um, just say that um, these are mine. These are the ways that I have found peace, and I hope that you'll use these steps to help you find peace in your everyday life. Thank you.